and the pursuit of truth and common sense in an unbelievable world. You're listening to The Right Mind Podcast with your host, Todd Showalter. Hello, everybody. I'm Todd Showalter, and welcome to Right Mind. Today, my guest is Elvis Leone. He tells a very interesting story, and he's actually uh, writing and producing a film about it. His father was actually kidnapped, Orlando Leone, while transporting vehicles from the United States to Guatemala. It's quite a story, and he's here to tell us more about it. How you doing, Elvis? Uh, well, this is a wild and wacky story. What's going on? I still can't believe it happened, to be honest. It feels very surreal. And after it it was all said and done, I felt like I was in a dreamlike state for a couple of months after. I think it's like symptoms of shock and PTSD. It's It's got to be. I got to tell you, I've never actually spoken with anyone who... Uh actually had a relative uh, much less a father uh that's uh that was kidnapped now he was kidnapped he was transporting vehicles uh from the united states to central america almost like they do they like you know they transport vehicles all over the country but he was doing it outside of the country and he was kidnapped while actually transporting a vehicle correct uh that's correct yes okay and, and, and what so where where was he kidnapped i mean where i mean uh uh, I mean, I don't want to give away the whole story, but I mean, it's kind of interesting. I mean, what 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 time of uh, part of the year was this? I mean, was this recently, or uh, what 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 actually yeah. went down? Yeah, uh, complicated story. Obviously, you read the news article that came out. It's yes, a seven yes. page uh, uh, thorough story about this. But no, my father was uh, transporting this vehicle, um, and he was hired by a client uh, from Denver, Colorado. So someone in Denver uh, hired him to ship this vehicle. Uh, those were the same men that later kidnapped him from his right. from my, from my father's home in Guatemala. So my dad lives in Denver and in Guatemala. He since he travels so much, he he goes back and forth. But uh, yeah, he was kidnapped from his home in Guatemala. Okay, so he's actually kidnapped, and and so and, and the story is uh, is quite frightening, by the way, and it was a true story. I mean, uh, the poor guy got his teeth knocked out, and he thought he was going to die, um, and, and it's quite a twist, as you said. I mean, I, you you got the, you know the authorities involved, which they told you not to do. I mean, the uh, DEA, the FBI, and whatnot. And tell the story a little bit better than I am right now. But your mother went to pay a ransom fee at the bank and asked who this is going to. And the teller discreetly showed your mom that this wasn't going to a location in Guatemala. It was actually going to a location in Colorado, Denver, as a matter of fact, where you were, correct? That's right. Uh, That ransom money went 30 miles from where we live in Denver, Colorado. So it's uh, it was very scary because you always hear about kidnappings happening happening south of the border, but you don't hear about them being orchestrated in the United States. You know, so these criminal organizations are operating both in our country and outside of it. You know, we already know this, but it's uh, when it comes to your front door, uh, that's when things get become really real, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, now, are you in Colorado now? Is that where you are? I'm in Los Angeles right now. Oh, you're in Los Angeles now. Okay, but this all took place in Colorado. So your your dad, and correct me if I'm wrong, he goes to work with this company that's based out of Denver? That's right. Okay, so he goes to work with these guys thinking this is going to be great, and I'm going to transport vehicles, which seem to be like, uh, as I said in the article, is you know pretty lucrative, making pretty good money. 
And it turns out the very company that he goes to work for kidnaps him, but makes it look like it's somebody else. Correct? Uh, no, no, that there was no, um, they did not try to hide this because uh, the men who received the vehicle in Guatemala are family members of the men running this company in Denver. I got so, you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and and my father had seen the, this man man before. So they shook hands. He delivered the vehicle, and they said, "Hey, I'll see you back in Denver." And then, very next day, these guys end up kidnapping him, and uh, we were uh, and they extorting us out of twenty thousand dollars. Well, how how long had your dad worked for these guys? Uh, on and off, because my dad's a freelancer, so he works with several of these uh, groups or people that uh, hire him. Mm -hmm. um, so this this was like a second or third time working with them. So they were like business acquaintances. I mean, they weren't friends or anything like that. Sure. But um, yeah, it was just a, a very strange move. Um, I think it was just based on intimidation. Uh, but uh, but yeah. And it, wow. Okay. So so walk me through what what tell me about the day. All right. So you what you get a phone call or something like that. I mean, your dad goes off. Uh, to, to do this this gig this job and everything's fine i mean he's done it before obviously mm. and, and so what happens i mean you get a i mean how did this all go down what uh yeah my mother received a phone call and it was like give us twenty thousand dollars or we're gonna kill this guy you know uh they had my dad in a unmarked grave in a cemetery we would have never recovered his body if they actually would have killed him you know uh, but that night uh, we were in a dilemma because they told us not to contact the authorities and we didn't know who these men were, what kind of reach they had. Uh, if we called the police here in the United States, was, was that going to affect this kidnapping in Guatemala? We had no idea. You know, these are questions that no one is trained for, you know, to have the answers to. But um, uh, so we started we, we started calling the police, you know, and unfortunately, local police in Denver, uh, the FBI didn't even pretend to help or care uh, during this time of of our family family crisis, you know. Uh, and when we called the the Guatemalan police, uh, we received a phone call by the kidnappers within five minutes that they knew that we called the police station. Uh, so someone in the police station in Guatemala was in on this kidnapping as well. Oh so, wow! Okay. Yes. So uh, we were. We had no choices that night. Uh, it was, it was just, uh, yeah, it was horrifying. It was scary, and there was no one there to help us at all. What, okay, so, so the police and, and the FBI. I mean, I don't understand. I mean, so they just outright wouldn't help you, or they just didn't seem interested, or both, both. both. And and it, and one step further, they thought that this was all a hoax, and that my father was lying. Uh, that that he must be in debt, so that's why he's making up this story to get this twenty thousand dollars from you. So like, they didn't even believe us. Like I don't know if this was just so like mind blowing that they didn't take it serious, but uh, but for us it it was hurtful, you know. And, and for me too, I, you know, I was a I'm a military vet, you know, and right. uh, I, I served the country when it was in need. I got I went deployed to Iraq. And when my family was in crisis, no one came to our aid at all for years. Uh, I was contacting local representatives, uh, my senators, uh, FBI, Homeland Security, uh, you name it. We went to all the agencies and no one helped us until 
uh, Guatemalan authorities made an arrest of one of the kidnappers six months later. And that's when they started believing our story. So it, it took like months. And even then, once that arrest happened, um, the, uh, that ultimately went to a trial, Guatemalan authorities were asking the FBI for specific evidence that bank deposit where the teller let us know that that money was in Colorado, um, going to Colorado. Um, Guatemalan authorities requested that piece of evidence and the FBI denied it not only once, but twice. Uh, and so I have no idea what's going on with our our local law enforcement agencies, but the way we were treated, the way that that all of this unfolded was just uh, uh, embarrassing, you know, and and this our sense of security uh, is has vanished in our family. And it was like the first time that like the veil was lifted of how uh, just unstable and insecure our communities are here in the U.S. Because if we can't even get justice from a simple uh, open and shut case where these men in Denver received a ransom money and and it orchestrated a kidnapping in Guatemala, like how can we get justice in this country? Right. Okay. Now, how how long exactly was your dad? Uh, uh, be, how long was he being held hostage? Uh, two days. Two days. Okay. So what? So what happened? I mean, how did you finally get him back? I mean, what happened with that? Uh, well, we paid the ransom, um, and he was released. He was okay. released in, in the middle of the night in an undisclosed location. He was, you know, bleeding and injured, and uh, he was rescued by Guatemalan authorities that night. Okay, so you pay the ransom, your yeah. dad, and so you you get a hold of him, and I got, I mean, he has to be pretty traumatized even to this day. I would, I, you know, I would assume. What what did he have to say after all this? I mean, did he say that he, you know, saw any of this coming, or was it all by surprise? What I mean, did he have any inkling whatsoever that these guys that he was working with were shady like that? No, no, he he didn't, and and again, you know, he didn't really know these men. You know, he, he was acquaintances with them. Um, but um, but no, uh, my dad, you know, this was when I realized how how brave my father is, because when when he was released, we assumed that he would catch the first flight back home. Uh, but he did not. He said, I'm not leaving until I file a police report and these guys are put behind bars. And he stayed an, an extra week in Guatemala, uh, like trying to put these guys in jail. And, and that's what the movie's going to be about. And I think that's what the article alludes to that my dad started uh, uh, trying to, and because of uh, what the FBI told us that we didn't have uh, sufficient evidence, the DEA and the FBI told us to go out and get recordings uh, or any more evidence that we can get uh, that would prove that these guys did this crime. So, um, so yeah, it, it, that was another shocking moment that, that we faced that, they, the FBI and Homeland Security, they put their responsibilities on us, you know, about they wanted us to instigate phone calls and get recordings. And we started doing that, you know, and, and maybe foolishly, because if we would have been caught or or something by these men uh, that when we were spying, because we ended up finding their home address, their Facebook profile uh, through this account number that we had. So we gathered all this evidence, but if we would have been caught in the middle of all this, we could have been killed. 
You know, so, and, you don't, so they're not helping you at all. I mean, so the, the, the FBI and uh, DEA and all these guys who basically, oh, no, Elvis, you go do it yourself and, you know, and, and send us a report back and let us know how it goes. That is pretty, they're not doing anything? Nothing. Nothing. Well, okay. Didn't you, did, you got in touch with your politicians, though, didn't you? Didn't you get in touch with like a senator or something like that? Uh, no, we tried. I mean, we, we had conversations and so you and spoke, they, but they we spoke, saying, but no, okay. nothing really happened, man. Nothing. So nothing, nobody, okay, so you got this terrible situation, all right, and you, 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 as you said, you served the country, I mean, your citizens, I mean, your your father, I mean, you live here in the United States, and our own government agencies wouldn't come to your aid when something horrific like this happens. Uh, so your, your dad, I mean, so at this point, he's looking for, he's down in Guatemala, okay, he's trying to figure this out on his own, with no teeth, by the way, and he's been beaten up, and he's been traumatized. And nobody's helping him whatsoever. What I mean, what was the point? I mean, did you go down there? Did he finally come back? Or how did this all start to unfold where you said, well, okay, we're going to go get these guys. And and what was I mean, how long did that last of you guys doing your own investigation? Uh, a couple of years, to be honest. So my, my father came back uh, a week later and we thought the situation was behind us and we were just happy to have him back. We didn't even really ask questions. It was just such a horrific moment that it was just a beautiful reunion when we came back together. But uh, things got quiet for about six months until Guatemala made an arrest. And when that arrest happened um, of the lead kidnapper, the guy that that uh, received that vehicle, um, he's the one who was arrested. And um, he sat in jail for about two or three years. And there was a pending trial during that period. And when this trial was while we were waiting. We were still in communication with the FBI, DEA, Homeland Security, and uh, so for those few years, um, it was uh, very tense because uh, these men started harassing our family in Guatemala, and we started receiving just phone calls from these men in Denver as well. Um, so uh, uh, this man in uh, these men in jail, this man in jail was calling my father and trying to negotiate uh, his release. Like he, he was willing to pay the ransom back to us if he would like drop the charges on him. So it was just this really like strange case where like there was still communication uh, with these guys. And even in the lead up when uh, my family members, uh, eyewitnesses uh, had to testify um, to the kidnapping, um, my, my cousin's house was broken into and destroyed uh, as a message for him not to testify, and which worked because then my then my cousin uh, on the stand lied and said that none of this happened, and then the case was dropped, and the the uh, kidnapper was released. So like wow. this was like so this was like uh, like a, hor a horrible time in, in our family history, and that caused a big divide because my dad was you know justice above all else. No matter, uh, even if there's sacrifices along the way, I don't know if I agree with him on that. But he was willing to like be a martyr for this, or willing, uh, like he he was just saying that our communities we have lost control of our cities, our communities to these people because they have instilled fear in us, and we like we need to fight back, you know. And so my my father was very uh angry with my my family member who denied this all happened and 
And now, and these men are still free to this day in Denver and in Guatemala. And so they're free. And, and even to this day, uh, our own authorities are just letting this go and they're not even pursuing anything like nothing happened. No, nothing happened. And, um, but yeah, so that's why I just want to, you know, get the word out because the article came out. It's a, it's very well written piece. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and uh, so I just wanted to, you know, point people to that article so they can see uh, what happened uh, and, you know, uh, an outside source that was, uh, you know, this article and story was vetted and went through several fact checking uh, protocols. So I just want, you know, people. And what to, was the name? What was the name of the publication it was in? Uh, uh, 5280. 5280. Okay. And I do. What we'll do is, uh, you know, we'll put a link up so people can actually uh, read and take a look at the article. But I was just going to say, you know, this is, you know, the stuff that films films are made up from, but you are actually yourself, you are making a film about this. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. Now, is this a documentary? Is it, uh, I mean, I'm. go ahead. Yes, yes. Uh, It's going to be a true crime documentary. Uh, And because of what the FBI had asked of us to get more evidence, I just started documenting just what me and my father were doing. I was just getting uh, in-depth personal interviews with my family members, eyewitnesses, um, with the police. And I didn't intend for this to to become a movie, but uh, it started going in that direction. And now I have accumulated like 500 hours of footage uh, from all from 30 hours of trial testimonies and and just uh, all the adventures that me and my my father go on because we drive from Denver, Colorado, back to Guatemala, going back to the scene of the crime, and just trying to get closure on this this event that happened, you know, to our family. But uh, yeah, so I've been working on this for a couple of years now, and and uh, trying to raise money to to finish it because uh, if anyone knows about video editing, it takes months of work, maybe years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you need to, you know, uh, pay professionals to help uh, get this thing, you know, to the next level. So that's sure. where I'm at. And what's your goal with the movie? I mean, you want to get it out to tell the story of uh, not only what happened to your father, but I, I assume you want to tell, you know, just how wrongly you were treated. Uh, that's right. I mean, this is a story of injustice as well, you know. So and, and you know, it, it's difficult. You know, I already mentioned everything that we dealt with, but uh, I just want to get the story out because, you know, there's a lot of uh, crime that's being overlooked. And I feel like my film uh, will put a spotlight uh, and maybe even pressure on police authority that, you know, is, is not doing their job. You know, why do you think that is? I mean, I just find that so hard to believe. I mean, you would think, I mean, that is their job. And then they come back and say, no, Elvis, you take care of it. You do the legwork and then get back to us. And if we're interested, we'll pursue it. I mean, why? I don't understand. I mean, to me, that baffles me. You would think here yeah. in America, I mean, that United States, that, I mean, that would be unheard of, that that's what they're here to do and, and yeah. help us. I mean, what there was absolutely no one within the all of the organizations, uh, you know, at, all of them. No, that you didn't meet one person that you, know, you said, hey, you know, let me see if I can help you. Uh, uh, yes, and they are mentioned in the article. And uh, unfortunately, from what I found out recently, though, is that the only reason that this uh, Homeland Security agent uh, offered to even assist or listen to us 
is because he had previously in his career made an arrest in the Guatemalan community. So he had some connection to this world. And if it wasn't for that, I don't think he would have taken this case either. So uh, and so that's that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know what these agents are looking for, whether it's like the big payday or if it's uh, uh, something of, you know, uh, a higher interest. I'm not sure. I don't know how they make their judgment or how they choose the cases that they pursue. But uh, obviously something's broken. Something in the system is for sure broken where like, uh, again, an open and shut case of a of a kidnapping criminal organization that lives in Denver, Colorado, and that can't even be like looked at. So yeah, it's it was a very just I don't know. It was hurtful to be honest. You know uh, the, the treatment that we that that we experienced. Well, did you uh, did you approach any media outlets? I mean, not that the media is very objective, but I mean, what did you find any possibilities through that, either television or newspaper uh, or anything? Well, I suppose I'm doing that now with you. <laughs> okay, you know? I, well, yeah. here we go. At least, yeah, you'll get a fair shake out of me because I try to be as objective as possible. Yeah. I'm just surprised something of this magnitude, especially in the Denver area, which is a major market, you know, they wouldn't pick up on something like this. I mean, uh, well, well, to be honest, uh, I mean, I, I didn't go that public with it during the during the time that maybe maybe I should have um, because it was so personal and it was still very dangerous for our family. So we wanted to keep as anonymous as possible. Um, so uh, I, I kept all this footage and, and these videos, you know, close to my chest for, for a long time. So I think now that, you know, we're a few years removed from it. Uh, I think it's it's time to tell that story. And, and I don't know if we'll get justice ever again uh, or at all. But uh, if anything, you know, I have a compelling story to to share with with people once this film is completed. Absolutely. And what's your goal with the film as far as I know, telling the story? But how are you thought of, thinking about distribution? I mean, what do you want to do? Are you going to is it going to be theatrical? Or are you looking to get it streaming or uh, I mean, is it, I, I assume you want to get it in front of as many people as possible. Uh, yeah, of course. Well, I'm a filmmaker, you know, before this, you know, so uh, I've that was always my aspirations and goals. So I never thought that it would be with such a personal film, you know, a personal story. But uh, that would be the aim, obviously, for a, a small theatrical release or, you know, or on a streaming platform. You know, that sure. that would be best case scenario. But, but you uh, do want to you want to you want it to be seen, obviously. Yeah, so. of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So your mom and dad, uh, how are they doing it? I mean, I would think that that has to, I mean, this type of trauma, I mean, have they rebounded? Are they doing okay these days? Or, I mean, they li- are they living in fear? I mean, how are they doing? Uh, my mom is always saying that she's you know never going to be comfortable and that fear is always looming. Um, my dad, you know, he, he's still like very gung-ho about trying to get justice. Uh, and, but he's doing, they're doing okay. Uh, but I don't know. Things haven't been the same in our family since this happened, you know. And uh, I think, uh, you know, it, it, with all the heartbreak and all the disappointment and just that feeling of betrayal by like all of these, you know, institutions, uh, it really took a toll on our family. But uh, we're still together and uh, and, you know, hopeful. Gotcha. So now you're in L.A. now, as you said. What at, at the time? When, when did you move out to L.A.? I mean, this took place again. This was based out of Denver, but you weren't in Denver when this happened. 
I, I was in Denver. Yes. Yeah, so I, I just moved to LA just like recently. Gotcha. Yeah, you recently. want to get the heck out of Denver. I don't blame you. So, yeah, I mean, seriously. okay. Yeah. So, do you have any contact with anybody back in Denver now, aside from what you're doing? I mean, I, when I, I mean, as far as the actual authorities go, or at this point, are you taking it all on your own? No, it's, it's all on, our, on my own now. And gotcha. um, no, my parents are still in Denver. So, and okay. So I, I visit there uh, multiple times a year. So it's it's always going to be my second home. But okay. yeah, I just don't want anything to do with Colorado, to be honest. Yeah, I don't blame you. So on a side, I mean, a, a, is this like a big crime? I mean, is this like a big uh, syndicate type of thing? Or was this just more or less, you know, a small group of people from what you found that were trying to uh, pull off a money making scheme? Not no, a scheme. I, I, I mean, it's more, I mean, it's more than no, a scheme. I, I think that. Uh, definitely. Yeah, no, I, I think they be, they belong to a, a, a big, a big criminal organization. Okay. And right. So, Gotcha. Well, I tell you what, it's a fascinating story. I can't wait to hear what comes with your film. Um, when can we expect it? I mean, you say you got more to go. I mean, do you have a, a deadline set for it as far as when you'd like to wrap things up? I need to raise the money first. So need to raise I have the no money. idea. How are you doing so, that? We'll actually plug that as well. You have a uh what is it, GoFundMe page that you're I, doing? Or uh I have a GoFundMe page. Please visit it. There's a trailer there. You can see some of the footage. And if you have any questions, please reach out. Okay, and we'll put that up on the screen and we'll put it in the descriptions for uh people uh that are listening on the other platforms. But uh, any last words before we cut out? Again, it's a terrifying story, especially when it hits not close to home in your home, man, basically. But uh, anything yeah. else to add? No, just thank you so much for, for listening. And uh, hopefully that, you know, we could spread the, the word about just all the injustices that, that are happening and how all our just agencies that are here to protect us, they're all degrading. And I don't know how we can fix it, but we need to. And uh, hopefully we can get this right. No, it's, it's, it's a travesty and it's an injustice. And that's not how things should be run in the United States. And uh, yeah, along with a lot of other things that need to be fixed, that's definitely one of them. And it is a big one. Well, thanks for your bravery. Thanks for your service. And thanks for your time. Um, I wish you all the best. And if we can help anyway, I'll, we'll do our best to get the word out. And um, again, we'll put the links up on how people can support your film. Okay. Thank you, Todd. All right. Well, thank you. And thank you for joining me, whether you've been listening or watching. I'm Todd Showalter, and this is Right Mind. And remember, if you don't have a right mind, you don't have a mind at all. Till next time, bye-bye. This has been the Right Mind Podcast with Todd Showalter.